Till I'm Tiptoed You Dot com The podcast about pop culture Black history and spirituality Yeah It's about to be a great vibe Dr. Tip Gonna take it away Till I'm Tiptoed You Hey y'all, hey, it's your girl Tip. Thank you for joining me for another edition of Tell Em Tip Told You. I am so excited to speak to you today. Here's some things I wanna cover today. We're gonna talk about the myth of American exceptionalism um, and how it is in its death throes. Um, I wanna talk about um, the policing of black space and black bodies. And then um, I wanna follow up with some recommendations for some things I think we need to be doing in our communities. You ready? Let's go. So if nothing else, the COVID-19 situation, um, and I've said this before on the podcast, has brought to us an ability to see the United States for everything that it is. Um, The lack of social uh, safety nets, um, the disparities in treatment of different kinds of groups, the inability to pivot because of excessive capitalism. I mean, all the social ills that a lot of us have been complaining about for for God knows when um, are finally being brought to the fore. Other countries around the world are paying attention and quite honestly, it's embarrassing. I'm extremely embarrassed. And I think, now this is just tip, but tell them tip told you. I think a lot of this is rooted in white supremacy. It's rooted in um, wanting to punish the country for electing a black president. And we are witnessing um, what that backlash bought us, right? So one of the consequences of Obama's presidencies, um, and I'm saying presidencies because he, he had two terms. Um, one of the consequences of his presidencies is that white folk were far, I think, determined to punish Um, people of color for electing him. And because of that, they um, put into office Trump. Now, I know that Trump did not win the popular vote, and I do believe that Russia interfered in the elections. Um, But nonetheless, there are way too many people who are Trump supporters. I don't even think they're really Trump supporters. I think they support Trump because Trump, um, his policies and his behaviors are aligned with white supremacy, right? And for anyone to question what these protests, um, these open up America type protests are about, you only have to look at the people that are there with Confederate flags and Nazi flags and, and, and automatic rifles. It's about um, why a, a particular segment of white population being afraid of what is coming. And what's coming? The death of empire. Right. I really think COVID-19 is going to fundamentally change how the United States operates, because, again, the social ills are made blatantly clear and people who have wanted to ignore things can no longer ignore it. Right. When you have the small business bailout, quote unquote, uh, program and the Lakers get half of that. Come on, y'all. Harvard gets a lion's share of what's given to universities with their multi-billion dollar endowment in place. You know, those kinds of things, I think we have to 
figure out how we're going to live differently after this. Um, and, and let's not even talk about the macro level. At the micro level, families, individuals, I know myself, uh, and I'll speak for myself, right? that my life will fundamentally change as a result of what's happening. Some things that I thought were necessary to me, I, I see now is no longer necessary. And some things that I thought were just luxuries, like travel, that's not a luxury to me, right? I want to be connected to people. Things like things are being made more important. We see the earth healing. I don't know about where you are, but where I am, the days have been gorgeous. Like there are more birds outside than I remember in the last, um, couple of years. It's beautiful outside. So I'm seeing more and more the effects of humans on the environment. And I think those of us who are paying attention, it's time to get to work to make sure that we're preserving those things that matter around us. Um, this, you know, you ever see an animal that's cornered? An animal that is cornered is very fearful and that's when it's most violent. And I think that's what's happening to white supremacy right now. Like they see that they are, um, you know, for children under the age of five, white folk are only 22% of the population. And so we see that their numbers are dwindling um, as a result of natural reproduction rates. And I think people are afraid. Well, I think one, they're afraid that they will be treated the way they have treated other minority groups. Um, and I think they're threatened by their way of life. A lot of these protesters, what they're frustrated about is that their way of life has been affected, right? That's why they're, they're not worried about their civil liberties. They know their civil liberties aren't being threatened. You hell, hell you want to be out the house. You out, you're out the house. You out here on the corner with these rifles and shit. You're out of the house. So that's not what they're, pro what they're protesting is the disruption of their normal. They are that selfish. They are protesting the disruption of the normal. And you can also see the adversarial relationship that many of them have to nature. As if you can just will a virus away. We're we just going to, the president going to tell the coronavirus to go away and we're going to go back to work. Is that how your brain works? Here in Georgia and Gwinnett County, they sending teachers back to school. Now, the students not coming back. Why the teachers got to be in the school? It's less than a week left of school anyway. What are you doing? Right. But that is because you have lorded over everything for so long and your privilege has not really been challenged. And now that that nature challenges it, you don't even know how to react. You're just acting all kind of crazy. But let me also say that this is evidence of another social ill in the United States right now. And that is anti-intellectualism. Since when do we put politics above science? Since when do we want dumb people in charge? Right. This this willingness to listen more to Trump than to the CDC or to listen more to the Republican Party than the CDC. I mean, what kind of foolishness is that? Right. Th there is just an anti intellectualism in this country and people are frustrated with doctors telling them what the virus is and what it does because of politics, because your way of life is is threatened. It's, it's crazy to me. I don't understand it. And I'm not just saying white supremacists have the issue. Let's talk about Diddy and this voting thing. So I don't know if you paid attention the other day on his social media. Diddy called for black people to withhold their vote. Now, let me say, 
Biden is not the ideal candidate for me. I think he's a racist. I think his policies are racist. I think he's a rapist. <laughs> now that's Tiffany's thought, right? I think these things, but uh, I'm going to vote for him. And there will never be a season where you will hear me say, don't vote. Right? There, there will never be a season. God willing, the creek don't rise. There will never be a season that you will hear me say, don't vote. We cannot afford to allow Trump to remain in office. I'm just going to say it like that. You can, you know, shoot me later. But I do want to say something about Diddy having a platform that allows him to think he should say something like that. And it's this tendency in the United States to privilege celebrity over intellectualism. What in Diddy's background prepared him to make that statement? Where has he studied political science? And listen, I'm not even talking about in school, right? Y'all know I believe in education happening beyond four walls. So I'm not saying a degree, but I am saying where has he studied political engagement to the point that he feels justified in making that statement? And then you got Killer Mike who already, y'all know he be dancing that line of inappropriate and appropriate rhetoric. But to defending Diddy because of this loyalty, and I get the loyalty thing, you know, I'm a Scorpio, I believe in loyalty, y'all. But sometimes your brother man needs critique. And it's okay to say that's a dumbass idea. And it's a dumbass idea for black people to withhold vote. Never should you be withholding votes. Stop listening to celebrity and start listening to people who have dedicated their lives to a particular field, right? If, if Diddy wants to talk to me about marketing and production and entrepreneurship, I'm going to sit down with my notepad. If Killer Mike wants to talk about um, becoming legitimate business owner, I'm going to take out my notepad. But if you want to talk about politics, you can't do that with me. You can't do that with me. I don't know. I, nope. You can't. Celebrity does not matter more than intellectualism on any day. See, a lot of these brothers, and they want to point to the history and what we've done and this and that. But in the history, do you know, do y'all know who Du Bois was in terms of his academic discipline and work? Do we know um, Marcus Garvey and the amount of discipline and work and political engagement? The brother was traveling all over the world to talk to people in different populations to unite diaspora. Right. All these kinds of things were happening. They weren't just sitting at home watching YouTube videos. Now, I'm not saying that's what Diddy and Killer Mike are doing. But what I'm saying is there were there. Your your intellectualism was evidenced by the amount of effort you put into it. I'm going to leave that there. Well, I'm going to say this about it and then I'm going to move on. Be open to correction. Part of intellectualism is to have your ideas challenged. Be open to correction. Listen, this is my pet peeve about people who get doctorates online. I don't believe that, that you are challenged the way many of us who went to brick and mortars are challenged. And to be an intellectual means to sit at a table with other people who have the same intellectual training that you have and debate ideas. It makes you stronger. That's like me... Um, uh, a black belt that's never been in real combat versus a black belt that has, right? That I'm going to trust one a little bit more than another. But that's another story for another day. Y'all know how I feel about them online schools. If you're mad, stay mad, but you can send me an email at com. And while we're talking about um, COVID-19, let me say this also 
about can, can we talk about Kemp opening Georgia? I know I've hit on this before, but 80% of the cases in the state of Georgia now are black. And at the same time, I'm saying that to you, and there are memes about Keisha Lance Bottoms doing the right thing and telling people to still stay at home. I'm watching black folk in line for some Jordans. You ain't never heard. Listen. They're going to put you in the casket with the Jordans on? You're going to be in the hospital with your Jordans on? You're going to take them Jordans and COVID home to your grandmama's house? Come on, y'all. Let's be responsible. That's some foolish. And we, why are we still in line for Jordans? That's a whole nother story. That's another topic for another day. Uh, but, but you remember last week I was talking about turning, uh, shifting your paradigm from being that of a consumer to that of a creator. There's something that is insidious about excessive capitalism that makes one want to stand in line for some Jordans. We're going, after all this is over, we're going to have to have some serious conversations in our communities about self-validation. Women who are already out here getting manicures and pedicures, getting braids and all that kind of stuff, you, you're risking your life to be in a shop for who to see you? Because hopefully you're taking your ass right back home. Does it mean that you don't like seeing yourself like that? You don't like seeing your real hair grow out your head? Listen, I prefer, anybody who knows me knows I like to have a nice, beautiful set of acrylic nails. I love my nails. I have the, one of the best nail artists, I think, this side of the Mississippi. I love the work she does. But guess what? I'm okay with Tiffany's nails as they grow out of Tiffany's skin, especially if it's a life or death situation. I don't need those other things to be beautiful. But the, now let me say that that's a lot of hard work to get to the place where you're okay with how you look. But I want us to get there. And again, that's some work we got to, uh, it's some work we got to do, black people. Um, I was on, and I was talking about white supremacy, but let, let me say this. That whole being consumer driven, being having a consumer mindset, I'm a member of, well, I was until yesterday because I just couldn't take it anymore. I'm a member of, I was a member of a black business group from middle Georgia on social media and the thread upon thread upon thread by these people calling the rest of us cowards for not reopening business and not being out in the street and not shopping and not supporting salons and all this and this and this and that is dangerous. When I tell you that 80% of the cases in Georgia are black, why are you out here advocating for black people to be in the street just so you can make some money? I know you got to eat. And I have, I have sympathies for that. I have sympathies for that. But I also think you got to figure out how to pivot. We got to figure out how to pivot and stay home and be he healthy. And stop calling folk out for wanting to be healthy. Oh, this ain't real. Negro, you, you know and I know people who have died. Oh, my goodness. Y'all just... Let me just leave y'all with this quote. You ready for the tell them tiptoe? Go on and hashtag this tell them tiptoe. You ready? Dead people don't buy things. Let me say it again so you can write it down. Hashtag tell them tiptoe you. Dead people don't buy things. So stop advocating for your people to be in the community. You got to have, if you're going to be a business owner, you got to do some long-term forecasting. Do you really want to kill off your, your primary population of cons Come on, y'all. Anyway, let's shift a little bit. Speaking of murder.
Ahmad Arbery here in Georgia. If you have not heard about the case, please Google brother Ahmad Arbery and read up on how he was lynched. All right. Now I'm using the term lynched. Many of us mistakenly think lynch means hanged. It does not necessarily mean someone is hanged. Lynching is defined as a non-justifiable murder of someone without conviction. All right. So lynchings, the reason I think we should still be using that term is so that we understand the historical continuum of violence against black people. All right. So Brother Aubrey was lynched in Georgia in February. He was jogging in a neighborhood and his white daddy and his white son grabbed a shotgun and a 357 and jumped into a pickup truck. Listen, this is too reminiscent to the 60s for me, but he jumped, they jumped into a pickup truck and chased the brother down. Now, while they're driving to chase the brother who's jogging, another white man jumps into the truck. Now, for some reason, they, you know, the third white man, sometimes he's in the story, sometimes he's not. I don't know why they're protecting his identity, but anyway. So a third white man jumps in the truck. There's two in the back of the pickup truck that the daddy is driving or somebody's driving. And they chase the brother down. They get to him and they confront him. Now, the police haven't said anything that they found a weapon. Lee Merritt, who is the family's attorney, um, said that there was no weapon. These white men claim they thought they saw him reach into his shorts, although they, they admit they never saw a weapon. And they gunned him. Well, they wrestled over the shotgun and then gunned him down. That was in February. There haven't been any charges filed. Them white men walking around free. They lynched a man here in Georgia. Brunswick. Let me just go on and say the names. Gregory and Travis McMichael lynched a man because they thought he was a burglar. Really? Why? Because he's jogging in the street? Now, let me say this. Here's why he, they haven't been convicted or charged yet. The DA in Waycross that would have had to charge him recused himself from the case. The DA in Brunswick recused himself. From the, they all knew each other. They all knew each other. And so they didn't try him because these are friends. Come on, it's the good old boy network. So, uh-uh, no. I think they'll get off anyway, so I'm not going to charge them. Oh, yeah, it might look a little funky for me to say that, so let me pass the case along. The case is now um, in, I'm sorry. The, the, yeah, the case is now in Hinesville sitting with D.A. Thomas Durden, who is 70 miles away because the local prosecutor was a former employer of McMichael, one of the McMichaels. And in all that passing around, I'm reminded of the brother that got rolled up in the gym mat and the same kind of delay in justice happened until everybody walked away scot-free. And that's what we're witnessing today. That's what we're watching. So while they lynching us in the street, some of y'all lined up for Jordans voluntarily. That, I, that, that, either you believe in black life or you don't. You see that? Let me keep going. So did you see the birthday video 
of the sister in the apartment and her sister brings her gifts and puts on the doorstep and starts to sing happy birthday to her did y'all see this video and then a white lady opens the door and is like can you stop i'm trying to work here you making my dog bark okay let me say this i've learned two things two things well i kind of already knew them but it was solidified in the last few weeks for me two lessons one there are white people that still think they have ownership over black people and where we should be right just like the the the, the mcmichaels in georgia don't think a brother should be jogging through their neighborhood just like a white woman doesn't think a black woman should be singing happy birthday to her sister on her front porch. There's, there are still those people, protesters, who don't even want us at the house. There are white people who believe they still should control where we physically have access to. They want to control where we're allowed to go. They want to control what we're allowed to do with our bodies. That's a problem. Here's the second thing that I've learned over the last two weeks. They've got networks in place that protect that ideology. You think of that woman, because she threatened to call the police on the, the chick singing happy birthday. You think if she had called the police, the black woman wouldn't have been harassed? Oh, we know that story. We know that song and dance. We know how to, those tears get weaponized against black women. We know that. There's a problem here. And it's time out for us to pretend that it's not. Okay, so Tiffany, you talked about the problems. What are we going to do? So here's, here, here are five things I want us to start working on, right? Number one, I want us to start creating community and physically, I'm sorry, physically and mentally safe spaces. I want us to rebuild black community, black neighborhoods. I want those neighborhoods to be self-policed. I want us to really think about getting together with a group of friends that you trust or your family and friends that you trust and finding a neighborhood where you can buy up some properties and just establish a community. That's what our ancestors did in reconstruction. It's possible. And once we, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. All right. Those spaces do two things. This is why I said physically and mentally safe spaces. It, I remember when I went to Ghana, one of, I was there for a whole day before it hit me. Something feels a little different. And here's what it was. When you ride around a country and every billboard looks like you and everything on the TV looks like you and everything on the radio sounds like you, there is something powerfully empowering about that. Can you imagine how, I don't know. I, I can't even imagine what that feels like to live in that daily. But that's what we could create. That's what we could create. Number two, here's the other thing I think we need. I think we need self-defense training. It's time for us to pretend like these people aren't arming them, themselves. As they're standing on these White House steps, you see what they're doing. Now what you going to do? I'm going to leave that there. Number three. We need political literacy and engagement. We have got to start paying more attention to these politicians. The ballot that comes across our, uh, my, you know, in Georgia here, we got them in the, I'm looking at mine right now. I got to put it in the, in the um, post office. 
But don't not vote. Don't not vote. And don't let any celebrity tell you not to. Don't not vote. Be politically engaged. And that doesn't mean just voting. Start to really pay attention to who the candidates are. If you don't know, find you somebody that does know that you trust. Right? Be involved. Go to your county commission. Be involved at the county level. Be involved at the city level. And I've told you before, please, please be involved in the Board of Education meetings. Number four, I want us to be in dialogue with one another and networking. I can't tell you um, how important it is to be in conversation with like-minded black folk who are doing the work that I'm, I'm listing about people who are gardening and starting gardenings and sharing information with that. If you follow me on social media, you're going to see me and my mom are going to start a gardening project. We've, you know, done the tomatoes and the peppers type thing, but we're going to try to go bigger. Um, so we've get, we're getting some raised beds built by a brother in our local community. I'm getting ahead of myself on that part. Um, but I, I, I am following people on social media who do the gardening thing. I got a sister who's doing the gardening thing and we're in conversations about what are the best practices, what plants should be, should we be planting right now? What should we be doing in preparation for these things? You know, et cetera, et cetera. Be in network and dialogue with people who are doing what you, what it is you want to do. All right. I am in conversation right now with people developing curricula to help children understand more about politics and engagement and things like that. We, we are strengthened. Like many of us are doing good work in our silos or as one of my friends, A.L. Fleming says in our cylinders of excellence, right? He doesn't, he doesn't like the term silos, but we, but our work is, it only can reach so far because we've, we've localized in these areas. But if we are able to network with people doing similar work all over, then our net extends, right? We are safer and we're more like a Nancy. All right. For those of you who know what that means, do with it what you will. Um, and then finally, number five, Kujijakalia. Y'all know that's one of my favorite Kwanzaa principles. Kujijakalia, self-determination, right? So I told you, you know, there's a brother in, in our community who, um, because of the kind of work he does, he hasn't been able to go to work, so he hasn't been getting paid. But he can build anything. He can build anything. So we're hiring to do these raised beds. He's also making some jewelry organization tools for my um, closet and things like that. This is what we need to be doing right now. So while I was frustrated with the black business owners on that social media page, it was because they weren't pivoting. Fine, you know, black folk, we know how to make some money. Come, on, We know how to make almost anything. There are people that cook. You could be selling plates. But here's the issue. Some of y'all too proud. I'm going to leave that there. So those are the five things I think we should do. Go ahead and write them down for me. Number one is to create communities that can be physically and mentally safe spaces. Number two is some self-defense training and preparation. Number three is political literacy and engagement. Number four is dialogue and networking. And number five, my favorite, is Kujijakalia. So that's what I think we should be doing right now. I hope you're enjoying your Monday and that you're getting prepped for the rest of the week. If there is anything I can do for you, send me an email at drtip at tellemtiptoldyou.com. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And if you're mad, say you're mad, send me an email. That's all right. I'll be all right. You'll be all right. Y'all have a good and wonderful day. Tell them Tip told you. Bye.